Welcome to This Creative Life Radio. I'm Felicity O'Connor. Creative women all over the world are unblocking and recovering their creative journey while they rewrite the rules for creative success. Join me as I explore the lives of people engaged in successful creative work and unlock helpful tips that leave you inspired and ready to create. All right, well, welcome to This Creative Life and delighted to have the wonderful artist Vanessa Ashcroft with us today, which is super lovely because Vanessa, um, I have a particular connection to Vanessa myself through the gallery that will uh, in Belmain that we'll talk about in a minute, I'm sure, but welcome Vanessa. Thank you very much, Felicity. Lovely to have you along and even though I've kind of known you more in more recent years, I actually don't know much about your history as an artist and I'm wondering if we could start there by you know, just even going back to tell me a little bit about art in your childhood. I didn't have a lot of art in my childhood. Um, I never studied it at school and I didn't actually come upon it until uh, about 25 years ago, 20 years ago, um, I, I had my own fashion label, which I used to have um, when the children were young, and uh, I had shops and things like that in the fashion industry. Um, my husband uh, said, doesn't matter what you do, get out of fashion. And so, because um, there's no money in it, it's hard work, and yeah. it's children and the whole bit. And so I sold the business and I happened to be walking in the supermarket and I just said, came across this lady and this is where, you know, just by chance, you never know who's going to enter your life for drop in and drop out again. And I said, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. She said, Vanessa, you should go and see Annette Pringle. She's, a, she's an art teacher at Karingai. And I thought, oh, okay, all right, well, I'll give that a go, you know. I'd never done it before. Mm-hmm. And I went into Annette's class, and I don't know, I'm sure a lot of people on your podcast would know Annette Pringle. She, it was like uh, finding God. Wow. <laughs> New religion. And it was just amazing. And so I did her class and um, uh, enjoyed it and loved it and all that. And that started me off on my journey of art, really. That's fantastic sort of moment of synchronicity. Yeah, it just happened. Like I could have said, someone could have said, well, why don't you, you know, go and clean floors over at that place or whatever, you know. Yeah. It's who you meet and, you know, just happened to see her at the lifts at Gordon Centre and she said it. And I don't think I've seen her since actually. Oh. So, so it was just one of those random change of life things. Yeah, wasn't it? And and very uh, interesting language when you say finding God. I mean, what was that like? Oh, well. I'd never done art, so which case uh, Annette, if you know Annette, is very um, out there, enthusiastic, lots of energy and passionate, and uh, her classes were all about found objects and it's not traditional art that we know, you know, that paint. Mm. And, so it was really different and really pushed the boundaries, so it was great. So it sounds like it was a very open, creative kind of experience that you... Oh, yeah, she gave yeah. you a brief and then you, you just have to, like, um, dig into your inner self and find out what things mean to you. So I ended up cutting up shoes and cutting, putting them onto a board and then covering them in sequins and, wow. you know, like that really weird stuff, but it was just um, really... Uh, 
just changed my life. And then um, after Annette, I went had a few other teachers. Um, I didn't have Annette for many years. Um, Alison Steele and then Judith White. Oh, yes. Uh, I never had heard of her. And one of the um, – uh, they were, I, I booked in for a class, I think it was for a six-month thing or something as part of Karingai Arts Centre. And anyway, I get to the class and everyone's having, you know, all these women are having, you know, multiple orgasms about this <laughs> Judith White. And I'm thinking, who the hell is this woman? I've never heard of her, right? Anyway, um, I just thought it would be interesting. I, I really had no idea. <laughs> anyway, Judith arrives and uh, it was a few years ago now, but she was talking about the fact she had apprentices that helped her work and she created this and created that. And I'm thinking, geez, God, this is pretty (laughs) impressive. And um, uh, what she taught was uh, what I've taken with me to all my classes now to teach and um, with all about the layering with tissue paper and charcoal and um, washes and I, t- I took that away and um, I loved that. So mm. that that was a really good inspirational lady. Um, I don't think she'd remember me from Bar of Soap. But, and I was only for about six weeks. But um, that was life-changing. And then um, I, as it happened, I was putting my work out there. I actually had joined a group of another six artists. Mm-hmm. Um, we started up a gallery in Ravens, uh, Roseville, oh, yeah. uh, Barbara Carmichael and local artists. And basically um, there were, I think there were eight of us and we all shared, it was a cooperative and that I sold well there. I had no idea what I was doing. And um, so that worked really well and that was sort of gave me a little bit of a start of what, what a gallery is like. Mm. And over the years I changed my style all the time but, I hadn't actually didn't have a gallery representing me. I'd put it into school shows and things like that. My very first school sh- sale, a real sale, where people bought my stuff and I didn't know who it was, was at the Holy Family School, Linfield. Oh, yes. And, oh, God, that was nothing. Nothing will beat that. And that very first sale where I didn't know who it was. Oh, yeah, very exciting moment for any artist, yeah. Yeah. And so um, as it happened, I just... One, we used to have group shows and one time I actually, I lived in Kalara in a big house and we actually, my current husband was very, very kind Mm -hmm. and we actually took every single piece of furniture and memorabilia, any knick-knack, anything out of the whole bottom floor of the house. Wow. And the whole house was gone and we then had a group show and we had put up panelling in the family room but and the rest of the house was used as backdrop. And we had Anita Keating turn up and, yeah, that was, that was pretty cool. Wow. And uh, that was crazy. So we had some really interesting exhibitions with group shows with those ladies. So that, um, I must be a sucker for owning shops and I don't know how I do, why I do this, but it's it, that sort of is part of the history of how I – do art yeah, you know right and that whole it sounds like and I know you you go on we'll talk about it in a minute but that that whole collaboration with other artists um sharing spaces that sounds like that's yeah it's, it's from a long time ago from a long time ago right yeah and then that little flair for a little bit of sales can I say almost sort of retail bit that, that may have sort of come through from the fashion years maybe well, yeah I think I must be a frustrated shop owner because <laughs> 
I love opening up shops. So I, I look back on my life and I realise what I like to do is actually create um, either a home or a shop or an environment and I create it and work on how I'm going to get it and how I'm going to get it done and how's it all going to manage and get it all sorted. And then once it's up and running, I think, okay, they've done that. And then I'll go, yeah, what am I doing next? But and it goes it, back to when being a child doing all that sort of stuff. And, and do you notice there's any parallel in, in that with how you actually start a piece of artwork and how you work through that? Is there a similar process? I'd like to be as, as, as thought, thoughtful with my art as I am starting businesses and stuff, but I'm very spontaneous and whether it be – uh, with my art, you know, what I'll, I'll think, I'm, I'm a bit more um, exci- uh, on focus now about what I want to do, but I used to talk to all these artists and they, they'd say, oh, there's not enough hours in the day to create what I've got in my head and I'm thinking, I ain't got nothing in this head. You know, there's <laughs> nothing in there. I don't know. What, I don't know what I want to paint. So, but then what I'd do is I'd get my art books and look at the art and then by the time I'd sat down for three minutes, I'd jump up and I'd just be scribbling on the canvas and stuff like that. But then I see other people who are measured and they think about what they're going to do and they draw it first and I, I'm not like that. I, I tend to be very spontaneous and that's why I end up with lots of layers of paint okay. because it's no plan. Yeah, that's really, it is interesting, isn't that, the sort of diversity of how we approach our work. And Everybody's different. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Tell, tell me about the different approaches because one, one thing I've noticed about your work over the years that I've kind of watched your work and even before we met in person I, I had been following your work, yeah. you have quite a variation, like a, a diversity of, of subjects, matters, approaches to things. You know, there's figurative, there's landscapes, there's abstract. There's what, Tell us about that because it feels like there's lots of different parts of you. Well, it was. I, I think the fact that I cannot. I when I first started painting, I came. I couldn't draw, and so I thought of all the ways to um, hide the fact I couldn't draw, and that was when I used all the different materials. Uh-huh. Uh, so that's sort of like the tricks on how can I make it look great. And then when I, and then when I was selling work, I always did it. I'm not a true artist that I call myself a true artist because I was always thinking, now, where would this look good in someone's house? You know, like I'm painting for a, a sale. Uh-huh. So um, I, I always thought this people would like this colours. See, and, and this is where the retail bit comes in. Okay, what colours? This would look good in someone's lounge room. This would look good in someone's family room. This is, you know, and what I'm painting it for was to sell. And what would what is popular um, along that, but then I get bored. And once I perfected something that I thought um, sold well, it was boring. So that's why I really love the whole as um, art. Mm-hmm. Uh, art is such a huge umbrella of different things. So you can go from sculpture, printmaking, um, etching. You can do um, watercolor. Oh, all of it, you know, and it can touch on it all. So if you get bored with painting on metal, then you can try, oh, I think I might, um, I'll learn oils. Mm. I'll do, and I'll throw collage or I'll throw ink at it, all these different things. So it was like it was keeping you interested, that that shifting and changing? If I had to sit down and do watercolour, I would would have stopped. I, I, I find it 
I find it just very limiting and there's rules whereas to do it properly, whereas with uh, mixed media and all that sort of thing, uh, once I've got it, I'm bored. Wow. Once I know how to – and so um, I know I'm never going to be one of those precise, perfect artists and I can really admire people who are like that. That's amazing. But I I think, oh, and it's – I've got paintings that are so thick with paint I can't even lift them because there's so much – yeah. But it's like a jigsaw puzzle that I have to fix it. I should just chuck them away, but I want to fix it. And and over the process, I'm learning all the time. And so do you find once you, you, you say you get a little bit bored with one particular medium, you go through that, you master it to a degree anyway, you, you move on yep. to a different approach, different medium. Do you find that over time you've come back then to some of those things and, and, and learned more about them and gone a bit further oh, with them? Definitely, because especially when you're teaching. When you're teaching, you're learning all the time because you're being challenged on how to, how to finalise, how do I fix this, what can I do? And then when I'm talking and I'm thinking, why aren't I doing this myself? You know, why, I, know I know all this stuff. I, why don't I come back and do all this? You know, so and then when I do go back and I try things, I'm a lot more um, adept at it and I don't have to... Um, and, I, and it's pieces that I was happy with before, I'm a lot happier with now. Mm. And then I look back and then when I'm still not happy, I'm thinking, God, you know, a couple of years ago I would have been ecstatic to do this, you know, and I should just stop bashing myself up. Right. All the time we're either – all the mistakes we've made and all the stuff-ups and all the canvases and all that sort of stuff that we've painted over are all the way to get to – make ourselves better yes indeed and and it's fantastically satisfying i think to be able to look back on old pieces of art i do the same and go wow yeah i actually have come a long way oh well god sometimes a lady came in the other day to the gallery and said oh you're vanessa ashcroft oh my god i've got one of your paintings and well bring it in you know bring in a picture of it she brought it in and i thought oh my god it's absolutely awful and and uh, she was so happy with it and I'm thinking well I'd like I, I am pleased that I've actually progressed and um, I'm happy she still likes it but I'm happy that I haven't I get really sad when artists think oh well they've got they've mastered this and they just keep churning it out I just yeah think, yeah I we know could all keep going pushing ourselves pushing ourselves because say good enough it's close enough is not good enough and the thing is, we don't, we're not going to get to the end of a career, really, are we? Like, as far as I'm concerned, there's there's no end to this. There's no last painting at which you arrive and you've done. No, not at all. We just keep learning and yeah. challenging ourselves to try and make it better. Mm-hmm. And, you, and, like, it's one thing to sell paintings. Look, a lot of people sell paintings and it's rubbish. Um, it just goes with someone's drapes. It just goes with someone's cushions. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean it's good art, mm-hmm. right? I want to be not only just sell my work, which is nice because then I can buy paints, I want to actually be a really good artist and I want to be um, known for my art that uh, is different and I know there's nothing new in art but I would like to have create something different that isn't been done before. Oh, I love, I love hearing that passion, that hunger for that and I think that's, that's brilliant because that really drives us, doesn't it, to be that you know, outstanding artists that we feel we have in us, um, yeah. And we and we we're going to keep reaching for that. I think that's fantastic. Yeah, hours, a lot of work, yep. a lot of disappointment. Yep. But it's it's worth it, I think. And and uh, you know, that's when you know you get a red dot, or someone loves your work, or something like that, or all of a sudden the painting that you've been 
you know, you know the painting when all of a sudden your hair stands on the back up on the back of your neck. And you think, oh my god, mm-hmm. I've done it. But to get to that painting, you've actually you know done hours and hours and hours and days and years and months of other other work. Well, and I always remind artists that um, you know you've got to go through a lot of bad paintings before you get a good one. Totally, and you've got to make, and it's got to look a mess before it gets better. <laughs> yeah. uh, it, if it's if it's pretty from the whole time you start, it's bloody boring, and you and you want layers, and you want interest, and you want mistakes, and and you want it to be, you want it to look as though it's effortless, but it's still got depth. Yes, yes, exactly. Just coming back to your own story, you, I mean, you've obviously got to a point uh, at a really fantastic level because you're with a commercial gallery in Sydney, you're with the Harris Curtain Gallery in Paddington, Sydney, and I know that doesn't exist anymore, but tell us about how you, you got to that gallery and what that experience was like there. Well, I hadn't, wasn't with any other gallery, and as it happened, at one of my group shows or something, someone bought my work. And part of you know, a friend of a friend of a friend. Mm-hmm. And as it happened, uh, Jan Corton and um, Marshall Harris owned the uh, Harris Corton Gallery and they went to visit this particular house and saw my painting. And they said to the person, uh, well, if you know Vanessa, get her to call me. We'd like her work. Wow. So it took me a while because I just didn't have the confidence to go in there, a commercial gallery, a really nice gallery um, in Paddington, with unless I felt confident my, that my work was good enough. So as it happened, I was part of a group show down in um, Bondi and I sold most of my work and I had really good feedback. So I felt that I had the confidence then to just go and approach them because it's so nerve-wracking to walk into a gallery, right? Mm. And so I felt um, I'm not very good at selling myself, I'm, if, but if something is selling well, I'll say, well, that sold well, you know. Oh, that's, you know, that, that pain, yeah, I'm really happy with that because, it's, you know, and it's popular or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, but I just can't make it up unless it's true. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I had to wait until I was really confident enough to go in and I actually then – I was represented by them for about 10, 11 years and I had a lot of group uh, solo shows and they retired and then she still supports me and comes to all my um, uh, exhibitions mm-hmm. and she's very passionate. She's an amazing lady. That's a great story. I'm, I'm really interested to hear that, that sort of struggle with your own confidence because, I mean, I see this in a lot of the artists that I, I coach and work with, you know, this, this thing of confidence. I'm fascinated to hear what was the time frame between them reaching out to you and then you said you weren't ready, to, you just didn't have the confidence to go and talk to them. What, how long did that take? No, about six months. Wow. Okay. So for six months it was all on hold. You didn't, you just couldn't well, get yourself there. Things, but I just didn't feel I, I could really go and say, show them my work that I was happy with. Yeah. And on it, a lot of it was crap, you know. So, <laughs> I, I mean, a lot of the work that I sold was unbelievably bad. But, you know, people liked it at the time. And, um, yeah, it's progressed and, you know, they still love it. That's fantastic and so lovely to hear that, that they are still part of your life in that one. Oh, yeah. No, they're very special. They were known as best uh, galleries in Sydney because – of their work practices and how they approach gallery life and how they, um, they're they so professional. She's um, OCD. Right. And everything's precise. And uh, I brought that to 
art, uh, art gallery on Darling yes. and Hunters Hill. And so uh, that's why I'm quite passionate about how I run it because I saw how they run it, ran it and um, I think that that's so important as a professional gallery. That's fantastic. I, um, I mean, I first came across your work way back in the Harris Curtain Gallery days. That's where I first used to see your work. Yeah, so that probably was 10 years ago, come to think of it. I hadn't yeah. realised. Yeah. It, it was probably 15 now. Wow, yeah, probably. Okay, yeah. So you that, that sort of folded and, and you know, first just to, to congratulate you on that because 10, 11 years at a, at a top commercial gallery in the middle of Sydney is really quite an achievement. So, yeah. Oh, thank you. Yes, well, I it was great because um, I, I, it was nice being paint, painting for uh, a reason, you know, like having a gallery. And then uh, Jan was a very, very good salesperson. Right. And so if something wasn't exactly the right size and someone would come in and they'd say, oh, what a shame it's not bigger. And Jana would turn around and say, oh, that's okay. I'm sure Vanessa's – I think I, I think Vanessa's painting one that size. <laughs> ring me and say, look, I want this, that, and the other thing and do it this like that and do that. And I went, okay. And so I could paint, you know, something similar to what they wanted and without the pressure of a commission. Yes. But I feel um, she was very um, – proactive that way so that's how I sold a lot of work that is that's fantastic to hear and you know we, I want to talk about Art Gallery on Darling and and the Hunter's Hill Art Gallery that you, you know, you've been running or you had run for a while it sounds again I really now I can see where some of this has come from you know how you run those uh, gallery spaces now and, and you're the director of Art Gallery on Darling and Belmain um, and I can appreciate I think what you must have learned from Jan and you know, what you've incorporated in, in the professionalism in terms of what you do now. Let's start with Hunters Hill Art Gallery. When did that start and how did that all happen, firstly? That was just a random shop that um, a lady was trying to sublet. and Another, so, another shop, Vanessa. <laughs> yeah, a shop. And when I opened the door, I thought, oh, my God, I must be new. I must be a frust- – well, my actual maiden name is Goldswinkle, which is Dutch for corner shop. So I think there's oh, something. Oh, no way. Yeah, so I just must love shops. Anyway, so um, what happened is Gail Edmonds, one of our directors, was offered, um, suggested that she might like to sublet a little place in um, a historic sandstone building in Hunters Hill. And this lady wanted to sublet it for a year. And so I thought, well, so she rang me and said, well, do you want to do something? And I thought, oh, well, you know, and I just lay, I, I just thought, how are we going to make this work? that, one, we don't want to all be – one of the worst things is sitting at a gallery or a shop and sitting there. So one of the aspects is how are we going to get it so that we don't have to sit there all the time and how are we going to make this work? And we ended up with six artists and um, with they all put in for the rent and, we ha- and the business model – started off from six artists and has evolved and to what it is today, which is 12. Mm-hmm. So Hunters Hill lasted for how long? About three and a half years. Okay, okay. So we, had a, we, we started off with a huge bang and the, the area loved us and uh, we got uh, lots of and we got to know all about Instagram and MailChimp and newsletters and uh, social media, Facebook and the importance of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and all the different aspects of uh, having different artists come into the gallery and rent the space from us. So, yeah, and working together as a team and being fair and everyone being happy and not um, 
it's very difficult to, you know, keep everybody happy with all different personalities. But, you know, it's just being uh, transparent and honest and mm. that sort of thing. So it's a very, you know, you really um, had a rich learning period by the sounds about that there. And well, then- we had some unfortunate you know, incidences with different artists and some were, you know, but overall it was pretty great. And if it was terrible, I wouldn't have done it. Right, right. And then so you, you were able to take all of that experience on from the Hunters Hill Gallery there where, when that closed and moved into another shop um, in Belmain on Darling Street, which I am very proud to be part of now, which is 12 of us, isn't it? It's 10 yes. painters and two sculptors. And Art Gallery on Darling, you are the director and you're doing it all again. Well, how that came about is that we actually, while we were at Hunter's Hill, um, we were offered a shop very cheaply uh, just for as a pop-up shop. So I, I have a real – you know how people have a fear of missing out? I have a fear of missing out on an opportunity. Yes. And so that's I, – I, and I hate – um, thinking, oh, what can I do and how can I make this work? And that's what that's what I do. And so we were offered this shop and we had it for about three months and we ended up with, I think we had about 20 artists um, and they were, uh, that worked really well. We had heaps of people through and the position was perfect and I thought, I just love this, but the rents are so expensive. Mm-hmm. So when um, Hunters Hill was becoming more and more quiet, um, because of shops around it and cafes closing and things like that, I thought the only place I really want to be is Balmain mm-hmm. and it has to be in the best spot. And if you're going to have a gallery, I am really – it shows that location is crucial. Mm-hmm. And so I, I found this particular um, space and I thought, okay, the rent's horrendous, so how can I make this work? And that's why using a lot of the aspects of Hunters Hill, I moved into the Balmain and it's gone really well. It has indeed. And um, I I think the model is just superb. I I feel as one of the participating artists, you know, that it's a really great working model. And in fact, we've all shared the success of that. Um, Yes. And I totally agree. The, the aspect of it has been very important that um, we try and encourage that every artist is, you know, successful. So if um, a particular artist hasn't sold much, we make sure they put them in a prominent position and we encourage them and use the social media and, and everything like that because we want everyone to be successful. Yeah, and that's a, that's a fantastic uh, intention, I think, to carry forward into any business. And, um, you know, congratulations, and I'm certainly very honoured and, and just... Thank you, and your work's lovely. So oh, it, and I think that the mix of artists are a nice mix and everyone gets on and uh, people are just... People have used to say, is this a pop-up? And I used to jump yeah. in it. So I can't stand that. But, no, it's, it does not look like a pop-up. Uh, it doesn't uh, – it's very professional and people are just uh, pretty amazed at how professional and stunning the gallery yeah. is. Yeah, they really are, aren't they? I, I notice that when I'm, I'm down there sort of um, hanging hanging out there and um, meeting and talking to people that are coming into the space. You know, they it really is – it feels beautiful. It feels like a top-level commercial gallery. People see and experience that when they come in. And what I, what I notice happens when I'm there is that people – are also really taken by the fact that it's us as the artists that they're meeting. There's no in-between salesy yes. gallery owner. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. 
Yes, and you know they like to have a chat, and and I also think that when you're selling art, you know it's about the experience. So of course, you know they buy a piece of art, and someone they take it home, they hang it on the wall, and someone says, oh, "I love that piece." Oh, well, I met the artist. You know, it's all coffee, and it's all about the dinner party chat. It's I met got the story. Yeah. Said, this, said that, and that did this, and they did that, and you know, it is about the backstory as well. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and I think you know anyone that's done any sort of sales in any business, you know, knows that that sort of connection between people that getting to know someone is is a, an, an incredibly important part and that's you know that's why as artists people can really struggle because they don't either they don't get that or they want to hide behind them someone else or for some reason they feel unconfident perhaps about well, actually meeting people there are a lot of I mean it is a matter of practice and I mean you're outgoing and you're confident. Um, I'm outgoing and confident. And uh, some artists really struggle with the fact that their art is not good enough, even though it is. Yeah. Um, they don't feel comfortable selling themselves. They um, are happy to discuss art on, a, on an intellectual level. Um, so it is a matter of actually practising and talking to people mm-hmm. that, and, and engaging with them. And it is a matter of just I do believe that as more you do it, the less stressful it is. And the more they don't people don't if you're an artist, they don't expect you to do the whole big sales pitch, but just be just yourself. Yeah, I think that's a really great tip. And um, in fact, that's one of the things I was going to ask you. What would you recommend for those artists that aren't feeling confident? Um, I think it's practice. I think it is a matter of just being yourself. And uh, you don't have to flog your st- stuff. Just talk the story about it, about your art and how, you know, this is about whatever. And um, our, so they can relate to it um, and understand your work. And people just want to have a chat, and if they if they love it, they love it, and if they don't, it doesn't work for them, they don't. You know, you, I mean, not it's, it, if you haven't sold something for a long time, it doesn't mean it's bad art. It just means that the right person hasn't come through the door that will that loves it to put in their home, and to sell a piece of art for someone to put. It's not like buying a pair of you know a pair of shoes that you're going to wear now and again and put them in the cupboard. This is on the wall that people are going to be seeing, and it's. It's in your home, in your face, and you have to love it. Mm. So everyone's going to love your piece exactly and have to have it on their wall. Yep, fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, the last thing I wanted to ask you a little bit about, moving on from um, AGOD, as we cutely call Art Gallery on Darling. Yes. (laughs) What's that called? Is that an anachronym? Is that what they say that is? Well, I don't know. Something like like that. that. Yeah. So apart, so you're, you're the director there and managing all of us complex artists and doing a beautiful job of it all. You're painting yourself, of course. You're teaching. Um, but you have also opened up your own little gallery space up on the central coast of Patonga, haven't you? Tell us about that. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm a bit spoilt because I've got a nice big space in my back garden in Patonga. And... Um, when I was overseas, you know, I travel quite a bit. And when I'm overseas, I love going and walking around and coming across people's studios and seeing them in painting or whatever, creating and seeing their space. And And I thought, wow, isn't that nice? That's really nice. And I thought, oh, my God, I live in a holiday destination where people are walking past all the time. Oh, yes. And so I thought, well... I have this space and rather than make it all studio, which ends up a mess, I thought if I make it into half a gallery, 
in which case it can hang my art and other people's art and I can turn it in from a gallery into a studio space depending on um, I've got a, a, a movable wall so I can make my space really big to paint in. Mm-hmm. I can take my art when I'm happy with it and see it from a distance in a gallery setting and I can um, then also open up the movable door that then I can also have workshops and teaching. So the space has gone from just being a total mess all the time to now um, a workable studio which can uh, grow smaller or larger and then a gallery that looks really professional and smart that um, what I've done is also create it that it's an experience. So as you walk down uh, the path, it's got uh, sculptures and paintings and uh, palm trees and the whole experience and it adds another dimension of visiting Patonga. Oh, beautiful. So how do people find you? Like what's the address of, of this gallery or how do they find it when it's open? Well, what I do is I've got uh, not a, it's not often not often <laughs> open because mm-hmm. uh, my life is very busy. But um, uh, what I do is I put it on social media and uh, just say when it's going to be open. I put out a sandwich board out the front and put out the paintings and things, and it's open probably once a month, once every six weeks. And I, it's just a matter of if I've got the time and if I'm painting or yeah if I'm painting and if the light the day is beautiful why not mm-hmm. and so it's called salt and sand gallery I believe and yes, so I want to know why I called it salt and sand I <laughs> <laughs> live on a sand peninsula and there's salt I suppose in the water <laughs> I loved it it worked for me I, I thought it sounded really relaxing <laughs> that's good so, so um, Instagram, you're under Salt and Sand Art Gallery, I know. Yes, yep. Are you on, is it on Facebook or how else can people find it? It's on Instagram and Facebook, mainly uh, Instagram because what happens with social media, when, you've got, when you're managing your own and then you've got Salt and Sand, you've got your own and then I also help with AGOD and so in which case you challenge it, you're throwing up all these um, different accounts. So what I do is I go into the Instagram mainly in Salt and Sand and then I um, tag Art Gallery on Darling, Salt and Sand, myself, and so it's, it's sort of a mix and match and how okay. people... That's that's how we can find you, and and of course we can. People can also find all of us, you and I, and plus our other colleagues um, for Art Gallery yes. and Darling. Where um, I know our Instagram account's super super cool and very active, and also we have a Facebook page for Art Gallery on Darling. Um, so we will put some of those links into our show notes for this episode, and people will be able to find that. But what the other thing I didn't ask you: what about your own? Do you have your own website? If people wanted to just sort of look at your work, Vanessa, is that how they could yep. find you? All they do is vanessaashcroft.com.au and uh, I think that's it. And it's pretty much up to date. I mean, with juggling all these balls, I tend to not have spend as much time on my own stuff as I should. But, uh, yeah, my web, my own website uh, is vanessaashcroft.com.au. Fantastic. Beautiful. Well, I'm not surprised you're feeling a little 
uh, pressured for time with all those things that you're doing. Um, but it's great that you're still making your own art. I think that's super important. And when I heard that hunger in your voice earlier about, yep, I know what I want, I want to be this really great artist, it's important to keep your own practice going, isn't it? I know what that's like when you're running a whole lot of different business aspects and interesting projects at the same time. Well, I tend to think the art gallery, uh, the art gallery is a reason for me to paint. If I didn't paint, didn't have time to paint, I wouldn't be doing it. Yes. Because that's my first passion. Uh, The art gallery gives me a reason uh, and an interest and I love it. But if it meant that I um, – and then there's a, and I can tell you there's a lot more that I should be doing and could be doing. I just don't have the bandwidth to be able to do a painting as well. And so uh, we don't – we're not a not – we're not for profit. So in which case there's no money being made on the gallery from, from the directors and from the artists, right? We, sell, we make the money from what we sell. So if I'm not, 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 make, not painting and not creating and not being able to sell my work, then I wouldn't be doing it. It's not – it's – I love the gallery – but not to the extent that I'm going to miss out on my painting. Well, I think that's very, very healthy and I'm, I'm pleased to, to hear that. And so, again, just to, you know, underline that in a sense, when people buy from Art Gallery on Darling or Salt and Sands Gallery, they're buying straight from the artists. That's right. And there's no in-betweeny, so we're able to keep our, our prices very reasonable and, and you're absolutely right. That keeps us going, doesn't it? We, it totally. It feeds us and then we feed the gallery. And so I think there's a beautiful kind of equilibrium in, in all of that and, and it keeps us all moving along creatively. Um, and I think what also it does is too, someone was saying the other day that nobody, a lot of artists don't realise how much work a gallery does. I'm not talking about this one, A God. I'm talking about a normal gallery. Yes. And that's a lot of them are closing. They work so hard. They take... 30, 40, 50%, whatever it is, right, depending on them. But when you work and own your own gallery like AGOD, you realise, and a lot of the artists now realise, how much work's involved and you think, well, I don't begrudge that money going to the professional galleries that take, that sit there all day, do all the advertising and do all that sort of stuff. So yes. it's, it's, it's just, it is an eye-opener for a lot of artists to see how much work's involved in promotion and everything. I think that's so right. That's absolutely right. And I thought I had a pretty good sense of that, you know, I mean, just, just through the years of participating in different shows and, you know, doing my own kind of pop-up things from all sorts of scenarios. But I must say I, I still, there was more to learn since joining Art Gallery on Darling and I remember one day where I was, you know, helping doing a changeover of a show down there and I was absolutely and- stuffed. You're still getting over it, I I'm still, I'm still getting over it. Did you say you never want to do that again? I didn't say never. I just said don't put that one on my plate again too soon. It was enormously tiring. And it's it's that thing you're trying to be fair to everybody and you're trying to make yep. it look right and you're trying to think about the whole aesthetics and um, just the physicality up and down the ladder. And, look, I'm a fit person. So there, yep. there was a lot of lot My of shoulders have gone. And uh, the osteopath is saying, why are they both shoulders? And I just think it's lifting the paintings up and down and it's hard work. And also making all the artists happy that they're well represented. Yeah, I think you do a great job of that and Art Gallery on Darling is a fantastic example. If any of our podcast listeners haven't had the chance to get down there to Belmain, Sydney and check it out, um, you really must do that. 315 Darling 
Street Belmain. And thank you, Vanessa, not only for what you put into the art world, us as artists, the, the support that you provide. Uh, thank you for also creating your own work and being such a great advocate for that and for the artists and everything you do to help each other in the community. Oh, thanks, Felicity. Uh, and it's just been so great to be kind of working alongside you and I really appreciate your time today. I think you've got a great story and I really particularly love these stories with artists that have these kind of synchronicity kind of, you know, coincident moments where they find their way into being an artist and it just feels so right. And your story is very much one of those. So it's been really lovely to listen to today. And oh, thank you. Yeah, thanks for being part of this Creative Life podcast. And um, I'm sure as we go forward, I'm pretty keen to speak to more of the artists that we're uh, working with in Art Gallery on Darling. And I'm sure there'll be some more episodes that people can look forward to learning more about those artists. So thanks again, Vanessa. And uh, yeah. we wish you all the very best in all the exciting projects that you're doing and on your own personal journey to develop your own uh, career. Thank you very much, Felicity. It's a pleasure being with you. Thanks for listening, everybody. I hope you're feeling really ready to jump into your creative life. If you'd like more information about my inspiring 12-week online program to seriously unblock your creative life, pop on over to my website, felicityoconnor.com, and go to the Work With Me page. If you're after a super friendly, helpful community of creative people to hang out with, you must check out my amazing Facebook group called From The Easel and join hundreds of artists and creative people that have discovered that they don't have to take this journey alone.